How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I am very, very happy to have you. A number of years ago, by, oh, wait, 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 ooh, 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 uh, importantly, um, we're, we're, the tickets are open for the gathering, and we're actually selling quicker than I was expecting us to settle, uh, to, to sell, so if you want one, uh, text the word ENGAGE to 33777, be with us in Atlanta in August for the annual gathering where our uh, listeners get together in person with me, and you get to hear from some of the top leaders in the country on the right. We've invited the Speaker of the House, Governor Kemp, Governor Gianforti of Montana, uh, Steve Daines, the uh, chairman of the Senate um, re-election campaign for the, for the Senate, uh, a lot of the great candidates as well, uh, Tim Shee from Montana, Dave McCormick from Pennsylvania, so many more. Looking forward to a text engage to 33777. Get your ticket now. It'll be August 8th through 11th. Looking forward to seeing you all there. A number of years ago, I wrote a, a an unflattering review of a book um, by David Brody, who, I, by the way, I, I know and like David a lot, uh, did not care for his book about evangelicals and, and Donald Trump. And he wrote for the Weekly Standard at the time. And my editor, his name was Adam, and made it way better than what I originally written. He was a good editor. And Adam has a piece today, Adam Rubenstein, at the New York Times. And the headline is, I was a heretic at the New York Times. So Adam left the Weekly Standard, wound up getting a job uh, working for the editorial page of the New York Times. And Adam was the fact checker for Tom Cotton's famous op-ed where he suggested that the president should deploy the National Guard to quell violence in the country after the the, um, George Floyd riots. And New York Times progressive staffers lit the op-ed page on fire. They wound up firing the uh, head of the editorial page. Adam wound up quitting his job, being made to feel very unwelcome at the New York Times. And I'm only putting all this together that, that oh, that that he he's a brilliant editor, brilliant writer. Made my work far better than it deserved to be. And was an asset to the New York Times. And one of his jobs at the New York Times, being someone who was not uh, dyed-in-the-wool progressive, was finding pieces that might challenge their readership, uh, pieces from the right. I need to read for you how his piece in The Atlantic starts today. Now, what's notable here is he's got the receipts 
a reporter of the New York Times advised him as he was going through the grinder of, of the hate for having helped the Tom Cotton's op-ed that he needed to take notes. Not only did he take the notes, but he's delivered the receipts. He's got the names of the woke progressives and documents where they are now embedded within the New York Times. But this is how it begins. This is something that I've got to say. I would think something like this was made up for TV, except I know the guy and he's got the receipts. This is how he begins. This is a true story. On one of my first days at the New York Times, I went to an orientation with more than a dozen other new hires. We had to do an icebreaker, pick a starburst out of a jar, and then answer a question. My starburst was pink, I believe, and so I had to answer the pink prompt, which had me respond to my with my favorite sandwich. Russ and Daughter's Super Heebster came to mind. But I figured mentioning a $19 sandwich wasn't a great way to win new friends, so I blurted out the spicy chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A and considered the ice broken. The HR representative leading the orientation chided me. We don't do that here. They hate gay people. People started snapping their fingers in acclamation. I hadn't been thinking about the fact that Chick-fil-A was transgressive in liberal circles for its chairman's opposition to gay marriage. Not the politics, the chicken, I quickly said, but it was too late. I sat down ashamed. Can you imagine that? I like the Chick-fil-A sandwich and the HRFs. We don't eat that here. They hate gays. And all these little progressive hipsters start snapping their fingers, shaming you. <laughs> oh, poor Adam. That This is, I mean, this is, this is the New York Times. So he writes, so they, they wind up publishing the, the Hunter Biden story. But wait, I, I got I gotta one more little section here. Being a conservative or at least being considered one at the Times was a strange experience. I found myself asking questions like, doesn't all this talk about voter suppression on the left sound similar to charges of voter fraud on the right, only to realize how unwelcome such questions were? By asking, I'd reveal that I wasn't on the team as my colleagues, that I didn't accept as an article of faith the liberal premise that voter suppression was a grave threat to liberal democracy, while voter fraud was entirely fake news. Or take the Hunter Biden laptop story. Was it truly unsubstantiated, as the paper kept saying? At the time, it had been substantiated, however unusually, by Rudy Giuliani. Many of my colleagues were clearly worried that lending credence to the laptop story could hurt the electoral prospects of Joe Biden and the Democrats. By starting from a place of party politics and assessing how a particular story could affect an election isn't journalism, nor is a vague unease with difficult subjects. The state of Israel makes me very uncomfortable, a colleague once told me. This was something I'm used to hearing from young progressives on college campuses, but not at work. There was a sense that publishing an occasional conservative voice made the paper look centrist, but I soon realized that the conservative voices we published tended to be ones agreeing with the liberal line. It was also clear that right-of-center submissions were treated differently. They faced a higher bar of entry. 
This is wild. They actually, I mean, he goes through and, and names names at the New York Times. The Times Guild started organizing against Tom Cotton's op-ed and those responsible for it. Is there something we can do? I am behind whatever action we take, wrote Susan Hopkins, a newsroom editor who now helps run the front page. A diplomatic correspondent, Edward Wong, wrote in an email to colleagues that he typically chose not to quote Cotton in his own stories because his comments, quote, often represent neither a widely held majority opinion or a well-thought-out minority opinion. The message was revealing a Times reporter saying he avoids quoting a U.S. senator. What if the senator is saying something important? What sorts of minority opinions met the correspondent standards for being well thought out? In any event, the opinion Cotton was expressing in his op-ed, according to polling cited in the essay, was supported by more than half of the Americans. It wasn't a minority opinion. And then the New York Times itself began attacking Adam Rubenstein in their own reporting. It's just a remarkable story from the New York Times. The debate on Slack seemed interminable. Stephanie Saul, a Pulitzer Prize-winning education reporter, was one of the few people who expressed support for publishing a range of views on the op-ed page. Margaret Lyons, a television critic, countered, quote, We don't run pieces where serial killers tell us murdering is actually fun and great. On the morning of June 5th, the company assembled a virtual town hall. Afterwards, one reporter, Liam Stack, wrote to colleagues, the rhetoric of a moment of deep reflecting and listening is just making people angry. This is just fascinating. The same day, uh, Schultzberger, who's the publisher of the paper, asked uh, James Bennett, the editor, editorial page editor, to resign. Wow, Megan Ludit who's now deputy editor of the newsroom, wrote on Slack, James's resignation makes me somewhat hopeful and added that the firing, in her view, represented a first step. Then they started tossing all the people involved with it. Now, in addition to Adam naming names, uh, one of the things I wanted to point out by, by going through this excerpt is pointing out how many of the people who were problems are now assistant or deputy editors of the front page, which gets me back to the story I talked about earlier. Cop city prosecutions hinge on a new definition of domestic terrorism. Are the protesters against a new police training center part of a violent extremist organization, or are the serious charges they face a means of stifling free speech? The New York Times has put this story out with a sympathetic portrayal of free speech by terrorists in Atlanta who have been attacking police, firemen, uh, private citizens, and property. The very newspaper that did not think it could publish a story by a sitting United States senator giving voice to a view held by a majority of Americans 
want you to believe that it is a violation of free speech to round up domestic terrorists who are trying to shoot police officers and firebomb buildings. This is the same newspaper that's treated favorably an activist call for blowing up oil pipelines, among other things. This is wild stuff. And now I come full circle to Lake and Riley. It is very clear at CNN, the Associated Press, the New York Times, the Washington Post, USA Today. The Wall Street Journal is about the only exception, and that's because it's controlled by the Murdochs, I'm sure. Major news outlets around this country are so in the tank for progressive causes in the left. They shape the news to be favorable to the left and condemnatory to the right. They ignore inconvenient truths. They don't like the truth. Pontius Pilate stood before the literal God of all creation and asked him, what is truth? The left has been asking that question ever since. What is truth? Your truth, my truth, we've all got a truth. Here's the truth. The truth is that progressives who used to hold power accountable and now have power for themselves and they don't want to let go of it. And so they use their cultural institutions to lie, to cheat, to reframe stories, to leave out inconvenient facts to their narratives. And what's it's done? It's driven a rise of uh, right-wing media which the left yells at as disinformation, misinformation, and bad. But it has also led to the rise of people willing to take advantage of this lack of trust to seed lies and half-truths and misinformation and disinformation, deluding all sorts of people. Look at the Taylor Swift-Travis Kelsey conspiracy theory. It's not a coincidence that so many conspiracy theories keep cropping up from people on the right who distrust the mainstream media. They've gone to find people they trust, and many times the people they trust are as crazy as the people of the New York Times. It's just they share the same worldview, and so it's harder to detect their brand of crazy. And so they can lie, cheat, and steal, and and, and uh, cause people to believe things that are not true in the same way the New York Times can. Increasingly, there's no difference between Gateway Pundit, a crackpot conspiracy fringe side on the left, and the New York Times. Just as you got these crackpot crazy conspiracy theorists on the right at Gateway Pundit, you got these crackpot conspiracy theorists leftists at the New York Times. The people at Gateway Pundit think the insurrectionists of January 6th are somehow political prisoners. The people at the New York Times thinks the Antifa people who shoot at cops and firebomb buildings are somehow political dissidents who need to be valued. It's the same sort of crazy on the horseshoe theory of life in politics. These people all have been broken by politics because all of them treat politics as their God and they worship at the feet of idols that should and hopefully one day will be smashed. Y'all, I, I, I have to hold y'all hostage for a, a personal pet peeve here. And, and again, I have not run afoul of this. But I know more and more people in my state who, so the Republicans in the state legislature authorize local governments to start putting up uh, speed cameras in school zones. And I know more and more people who are getting tickets 
at a time the yellow lights aren't flashing, but they're getting tickets not for going the speed limit or, or not for going faster than the posted speed limit, but for going faster than the school zone speed limit of 25 miles an hour. So you know how when the school zone is in effect all over the United States, when the school zone's in effect, there's a 25-mile-an-hour speed limit sign. That's what it usually is, and yellow lights that flash. And when the school zone's not in effect, it's the posted speed limit. I am up to at least two dozen people around the state. And Cherokee County, Georgia, is where it seems like it's the, the biggest revenue scam by local government. They're giving people tickets for speeding through the school zone at a time that the lights aren't flashing. A local reporter where I am told me they're doing a story on it that the sheriff's department in my area says everything is fine and, and the tickets are fine. And they're do do documenting how people have been going the actual posted speed limit. But it's technically faster than the school zone and they're getting tickets for violating the school zone. Uh, and if you don't know that you can contest it or if you don't know how to contest it, you're paying the fine. It is a revenue scam. It is a revenue scam that the Republicans in the state legislature authorized, and they could and should shut down and ban those cameras. Now, I know there are people, oh, the children, the children. All right, why are the cameras operating at 5 p.m.? Because they are when there are no kids around. They're operating at 11 a.m. when the kids are in class. They're not out on the playground. They're not walking around. Why are the cameras allowed to give tickets? The infuriating thing is the number of teachers who are getting tickets who they're leaving school well past the time the cameras should stop giving tickets. They're still getting them. It's just, it's infuriating to me that the Republicans are the ones who authorized this scam. And it is a revenue scam. It has nothing to do with saving the children. And you're an idiot if you think it is. Sorry if I offend you with my bluntness. Ten regional banks have had their credit downgraded. They're going to keep racking up profits. They're going to get sweetheart bailouts. Or they're going to get sold by a mega bank. My friends at Swiss America have been sounding the alarm about a secret war on cash. It's an all-out assault on freedom. With soaring interest rates squeezing the economy, with banks teetering on collapse, Swiss America can educate you on ways to protect your hard-earned assets right now. They have a report, The Secret War on Cash. Now, this report documents how government and corporations working together are trying to steer you towards using debit cards and credit cards instead of actually using currency because then they can control your spending patterns and they can observe what you're spending on. Get your copy of this report, Secret War on Cash, for free. All you have to do is mention my name, Eric Erickson, at 800-289-2646. The All Out War on Cash includes digital forms of currency. Read the Secret War on Cash, 800-289-2646, or go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Message and data rates may apply. Well, I opened my mouth and opened a can of worms in the process. I, I, I should go to other stuff here, but I, I need to settle this. So, and my apologies for all of you because I realize this is like a hyper-local thing that doesn't affect the rest of you, but I should at least explain to you what happened. So the very last minute, the very last piece of legislation several years ago that got sneaked through the state legislature was an authorization here in Georgia for uh, speed detection cameras outside schools. And local governments have been setting them up. Now, here's the way they're supposed to work. During the morning and afternoon uh, arrival and departure of kids, when that twenty, when that's flashing yellow light for school zone is in effect, you can get a ticket for going more than ten miles over that twenty-five mile an hour speed zone. So the regular speed limit past the school is forty-five, 
But during morning and afternoons when the yellow lights are flashing, it's 25. You can get a ticket if you go more than 35. However, when the lights aren't flashing through the entire day until like 5 or 6 p.m. at night, if the posted speed limit is 45 and you're doing more than 55, you can get a ticket. Here's the problem. The growing number of people who are pointing out they're getting tickets for doing the actual speed limit and they're getting tickets for going higher than the school zone limit. So they're, the speed limit is 45 and they're doing 45. And it is not any time near when kids are arriving or departing school. And they're getting tickets for going more than 25 miles an hour. The lights aren't flashing. It's not the school zone time. And they're getting tickets for violating the school zone speed. Here's the thing that makes me mad. Teachers leaving school in the afternoon are disproportionately getting tickets. I now have the names of a dozen teachers, uh, two in Cherokee County, Georgia. There's one in Gwinnett County. There's two near me and several others who said they are leaving well beyond an hour after school. They've been there grading papers, and they're leaving, and they're getting tickets. And they're getting tickets not because they're going faster than the posted speed limit, but because they're going faster than the 25-mile-an-hour school zone speed limit, even though it's well past that time. And when they get the tickets, they've got to they got to deal with the paper. They they don't want to pay them. It's a hundred bucks, and they're getting they're they're getting these fines. Now it doesn't affect their insurance under the law, but I personally think the Georgia legislature should get rid of these. If you're that concerned about the children during morning and afternoons, pay to have a police officer there. But this really isn't about the kids. And this is the thing that if you're so when I was on city council, worst job in my life was being on a city council. But I was on a city council and there was a man on city council. God bless him. He since died. He was a wonderful man named Charles Jones. He was a pastor. And as much as I personally liked him, we disagreed on on pretty much everything. And I got to tell you guys, it didn't matter what it was. It did not matter what it was. If it was a tax increase, if it was changing a, a vendor, if it was lay, paying to lay sod, if it was about a golf course, it didn't matter. It was every, everything was for our children. We, we got to do this for, we need a holistic, systemic approach to solve the present pending crisis for the children. We got to do it for the children. It's always for the children. C-H-I-L apostrophe R-U-N. Children. We, we got to, whatever it is, we got to do it for the children. And that's what they, that's what they say about these stupid cameras. We got to do it for the children. We got to do it for, we got to save the lives. There are not kids being run over in front of elementary schools. Now it's happened up, up near me. There was a woman who, who ran over a kid who was waiting for a bus, not at school. And many of the schools have such huge setbacks from the road, it doesn't even affect them. And yet they're putting up these cameras, and it's a revenue scheme. It is a revenue scheme. It's it's not up. Oh, I, I, buddy of mine just emailed me. Add another Gwinnett teacher. My wife got one outside of school a couple of weeks ago. It was a fifty dollar fine in that one, y'all. And it's not. It's the teachers are the ones who are paying this. It's a tax on the poor. It's a tax on teachers. 
and it, it, it infuriates me that this is happening. Now, my wife, you should know, in full disclosure, my wife got a warning, not a ticket. But my wife is also one of those. She got it at 4.08 p.m. for doing 36 miles an hour in a 25-mile-an-hour school zone. But here's the catch. The posted speed limit is 35 miles an hour, and she was going 36 miles an hour. It was 4.08 p.m., well past the time the school zone lights had gone off. And at the same area, two teachers have told me they, leaving school, got tickets for going more than 25 miles an hour, even though the school zone was was ended for the day. It was more than that. And, and uh, all the local officials are like, no, we've said it perfectly fine. If you get a ticket, you're guilty. Now, I happen to know when you talk to a police officer, they got to calibrate their speed detection devices. And they got to do it on a regular basis. How many times do you think these cameras are having their calibration done? This is the creeping authoritarianism of the revenue-driven state. Republicans in Georgia are the ones who did this. Republicans authorized this. One of the lobbyists was very well connected to a Republican member of the legislature, was able to get it in sight unseen late around midnight, the very last day of the legislature, and Republicans should repeal the law because this has become a revenue scheme. Let, and, and if you don't think this revenue scheme, the, the, Georgia, and, and if you're particularly southern states, have this massive history of using speeding tickets as a revenue scheme. It's not for public safety. In fact, in Georgia, there's a state law that you can do up to 10 miles over the speed limit and local law enforcement can't touch you with speed detection. Because, why? Because speed detection has been a revenue scheme throughout the history of the South and the United States. And now local governments are using these school cameras as a revenue scheme. It's coming to a city near you. In fact, some of you, I know, and, and I realize this is, this is Eric is, is on a tirade about something happening locally. It, it doesn't affect us, except it does because they're spreading this scheme nationwide. It's a private business that does this. It's a private business that does it. They they convince state legislators it's a great way for schools to keep the children safe. The children are going to be safe at school anyway. Why are you giving people speeding tickets at 11 a.m.? The kids are supposed to be in class. The number of teachers that it's affecting, though. You Republicans say you care for the teachers, and now you're essentially taxing the teachers every time they leave school. They get low wages. You're barely paying them anything. You're giving them a pay raise that doesn't amount to much of the grand scheme of things, and then you're ticketing them every time they leave school because they're leaving after the school zone it goes into, is not in effect, and they're still getting a ticket. Again, literally just happened. I got, got an email right here from someone I know. Gwinnett County, uh, Gwinnett County is horrible. Cherokee County is, is notoriously bad. The number of people complaining in Cherokee County and the local officials don't care. They do not care. They look you in the eyes and say, are you, are you in favor of children dying? Why do you support running over children? How can you be opposed to the speed cameras? You must want children to die. No kids are getting run over in schools. This is all a revenue scheme, and it's shameful that Republicans are the ones who are turning a blind eye to it, and teachers are paying the price, and teachers are paying the price for this. But everybody else is too, and it, they're, they're not coordinated. Well, again, when the yellow lights are flashing, 
and you got to go the school zone speed limit, okay, I get that. But when the lights turn off and you're still giving people tickets for violating that yellow flashing light speed limit, no, that's wrong. It is flat out wrong. This is a scam to get taxpayers to pay extra money in the name of saving the children when no child is going to die. You show me how many kids are getting run over at school, and maybe I'll change my mind. But you can't because there's not a lot of data on it. Kids are getting hit at the at, at the bus stops, and the law doesn't affect those. This is such a scam. Shame on the Republicans in Georgia for allowing this to happen. And it's a tax on the poor. By the way, a buddy of mine who is in law enforcement said if you contest it, they don't do anything. They'll, if, if you want a hearing, you are like over 95% likely for them to come back and say, oh, never mind. So if everybody just starts contesting them, may, maybe maybe they'll have to do something. But what happens is rich people send letters and poor people are stuck because screw the poor. We can hide behind saving the children and we can tax the poor and we can tax the teachers because they don't care about poor people. If they cared about poor people, they would not be doing something like this because all it is is a tax on the poor because the poor person can't afford to fight the, the ticket generated by a camera overseen by some remote bureaucrat somewhere for a private corporation. We are outsourcing law enforcement to private corporations, and what they're doing is they're letting the rich have a pass. And I bet you know and I know damn well that in almost every state, legislators and judges, they all have special license plates so you can see it's a member of the legislature. I guarantee you members of our state legislature aren't getting these tickets in the mail because they have a license plate that shows they're in the legislature and they're going to turn a blind eye to us so they have no idea what's going on and they don't care because they see a revenue stream in the name of saving the children who are never at risk in the first place. It's infuriating to me. Washington, D.C. does this. You know where Washington, D.C. puts its speed cameras? At the edge of the District of Columbia so that they're giving tickets to the people who are leaving the District of Columbia. So it's the Maryland and the Virginia residents who are getting tacked on. So does it affect the D.C. residents? Where I am, it's the local residents who happen to go past the schools who are getting taxed. And listen, I know there's some some of you out there right now I, all you have to do is drive the speed limit. If you drive the speed limit, you're not going to get a ticket. And you have missed the plot line, you mind-numbed idiot, because the speed limit is 45, and they're going 45, but they're given a ticket for not complying with the school zone sign. That's not even an effect at that time of day. That's the problem. It has nothing to do with people speeding. They are complying with the posted speed limit, and yet they're getting tickets for going faster than the school zone sign, even though the school zone sign lights aren't flashing because it's 6 o'clock in the evening. Or in my wife's case, 4.08 p.m., she got a warning. The school zone is well over and done with. And the law says they can have these cameras activated until 6 p.m., but it's based on the posted speed limit outside the school zone times, and none of the local officials are following the law very well. And I bet the local poor person and the school teacher who's getting the ticket, who's hag-ridden at the end of the day, exhausted and tired, doesn't have time to fight it, they're going to pay the ticket. It is a tax on the poor. It is a tax on teachers, and shame on the Republicans 
for coming up with this backdoor tax, sticking it to local taxpayers, allowing local governments to stick it to local taxpayers. Shame on the You guys in the legislature could fix this, and you're just absolute cowards for fixing it. And now you guys even give yourselves state legislative emeritus license plates, so when you get out of the legislature, you know you're never going to have to deal with what the teachers are dealing with, what the poor people are dealing with. You've exempted yourselves from a tax based on people driving the actual legal speed limit and getting stabbed in the back by their local government. Yeah, it really does hack me off. Y'all, I hate speed cameras. I have literally never gotten a ticket from a speed camera. I will never get a ticket from a speed camera. I think I actually am the only person in the state of Georgia who actually goes the posted school zone speed limit because when I was growing up, where I'm from, you actually had police in the school zone. So everybody knew. When you see the flashing lights, you got to go. But now it doesn't matter if the lights aren't flashing. They're going to give you a ticket for violating the school zone because the local governments aren't complying with the law, and none of you people in the state legislature care about it because the lobbyists paid you off. It's just pathetic. And spare me, the, you, do, you just want the children to die. I don't want the kids to die. I don't want the teachers taxed for leaving school and driving the speed limit. You know who hates these sorts of things too? Americans for Prosperity. This is a perfect transition because they fight this sort of mind-numbed automaton nonsense around the country. Uh, big government and lobbyists colluding together to tax the poor and teachers. They fight it. They they fight for school choice. They fight for reforms in education around the country. You should sign up with Americans for Prosperity, and then you all should go leash unholy hell at the state legislature and demand they repeal this camera law with Americans for Prosperity. All you have to do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. They will teach you how to be a highly effective conservative activist in whichever state you're in. Four million-plus activists around the country. All of you together should march on your state capitals with pitchforks and torches and tell them to get rid of these speed camera laws but or enact school choice, or your mileage may vary, but they're a great organization to be a part of. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. So Carl emailed me. Let me read you Carl's email, folks. Carl emailed and said, um, hey, Eric, try this. Don't speed. Um, that's the point, Carl. Everybody's doing the posted speed limit, but they're getting tickets for violating the school zone speed limit, even though the school zone speed limit is not in effect. Uh, and says I should be berating uh, my county commission instead of the state. No, it's the state legislature that authorized this tax scheme. 
It's there's Republicans in the state legislature that have allowed this to go forward. It's the Republicans in the state legislature who have turned a blind eye to it. And it's very clear, easy changes. They don't want to get rid of this tax scheme on the poor. If they want to still be able to stick it to the poor and the teachers, they can simply clarify the law and say you can only be given a ticket for violating the school zone speed if the yellow lights are flashing on the signs. Otherwise, you can only give a ticket if they're going faster than 10 miles over the posted speed limit, which is the way the law works in Georgia. Um, And they're not willing to do that, and they should be willing to do it. This is a tax on the poor and the teachers. And and y'all, and again, this is very important that particularly, and I will speak slowly for you in the state legislature, people are getting speeding tickets from remote cameras even though they are not going faster than the posted speed limit. People are getting speeding tickets even though they are not speeding because of how you legislators wrote the law. Local governments are taking advantage of it, and you can fix it for everyone. How are they getting speeding tickets, even though they're not speeding? Because even though they turn the lights off on the school zone speed limit, they're ticketing people based on that sign and not the posted speed limit sign. It's infuriating. What's more infuriating is despite all of that, people say, well, you just don't have to speed. We're not speeding. And it's not me. I haven't gotten one. But good Lord, the number of people. Y'all should go see. I put this up on Instagram. If you follow me at Instagram, E.W. Erickson on Instagram, you'll see the long list of people, including the number of teachers who are saying, I'm leaving school late and I'm getting a ticket for speeding, even though it's no longer school zone time. Speaking of Instagram, I have an important announcement for all of you. I bought my pizza oven. I've been saving my money. I decided I wasn't going to put it on a credit card. I was going to take the Dave Ramsey approach. I was going to save my money to make my big purchase. And I saved my money, and I bought my big pizza oven. So if you follow me, if you subscribe to my recipes or stuff, I have been perfecting my pizza dough. I have been perfecting my technique, and I am ready for my pizza oven to show up. There's a company called Fontana, Fontana Forney, and they make these giant outdoor pizza ovens. This one I got is the biggest they have. It holds four pizzas at once, wood-burning or gas. And I'm going to be making me some food in a wood-burning oven, and it's going to be phenomenal, and I will share recipes with you all. Now, I'm sorry for have wasted your time about my tirade about these stupid tickets, but I'll talk to you tomorrow about more important stuff.